1: Get informed, get inspired and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now.
2: Hello, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, and I'm with the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today we're going to talk with an NCIA member, Patrick O'Malley of Good Life. He runs Good Life LLC, a marijuana brand accelerator with a fully equipped Colorado licensed facility. Wow. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Well, thank you very much, Bethany. Great. It's good to have you. It's a lovely day here in Denver today. It sure um, <laughs> So, uh, let's talk about you. Uh, what is, what's your background prior to getting involved in the cannabis industry and joining up with this wild movement? What did you do before? Uh, sure thing. Well,
3: uh, I my background is, generally speaking, entrepreneurial uh, ventures, and I'm also an attorney, which is, uh, when you start talking to owner-operators in the industry, you'll actually supri- find a surprisingly high percentage of them are attorneys, uh, I think, for very good reasons, that they're able to navigate some of the regulatory and legal areas and feel a little bit more comfortable than maybe your non-lawyer would be. So I'm one of those attorneys who, uh, you know, had uh, done a few different things on the entrepreneurial side, uh, most recently teaching uh, students how to do well on the LSAT so that they too could go to law school. But uh, uh, I transitioned away from that a few years ago and transitioned into this.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, there there are definitely a lot of complicated regulations, laws surrounding the cannabis industry, so those lawyers are so important. <laughs> um, so, how what what made you decide to get into the cannabis industry? Was there a, a moment where you said, yep, this is my direction, this is mm-hmm. where I'm going? Yeah. yeah, there very much was.
3: Uh, it was really just a, a combination of both uh, seeing an opportunity uh, from a financial standpoint, but also uh, seeing uh, an opportunity uh, to do something beneficial. Uh, like Again, like you find a lot of attorneys once you start talking to owner-operators in this industry, uh, you also when you talk to owner-operators in the industry, you find that the vast majority of them, at least the ones I've spoken with, there was some sort of health health nexus for why they entered the industry. Maybe they suffered from Crohn's disease, or maybe they had a family member, you know, with cancer who suffered from cancer and was able to you know, benefit from uh, the palliative effects of marijuana. Uh, for me, it was uh, my wife. Uh, she has a number of health issues and had been... Uh, a marijuana medical card holder for quite a few years, and then here in 2014, once Colorado went uh, recreational, and I saw that the DEA wasn't kicking down the doors or putting anybody out of business, uh, that's when I decided that was the moment when I said, "Okay, well, this is a real thing. It's around. It's going to stick around, and it's definitely something I'm interested in, and it's very entrepreneurial and it plays to my legal skills." So. And you know, even now today, a lot of the products we design—you uh, know—one of the metrics we judge them on is, you know, do they benefit, you know, my wife and, and her use usage as a medical user.
2: Yeah, got it. That's excellent. I'm sorry to hear about the uh, health issues your wife faces, but I'm also glad that cannabis is helpful for her. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, when Colorado's adult use laws came into effect in January 2014. The, the medical community already had the benefits of the Rohrbacher farr amendment, which prevented the Department of Justice from using taxpayer dollars to enforce federal law against medical. And although we don't have the same protections for adult use, we did have the Obama-era memo, the Ogden memo, which essentially gave us a little bit of comfort for the adult use side as well, as long as we follow the eight easy steps as i like to Mm -hmm. call it so yeah there's there was definitely enough uh protections and comfort level for companies like yours good life to develop so let's definitely talk more about good life your current company and what you're up to and all the things you're doing and your role there sure thing uh well my my wife and i we uh we we own operate, so
3: I'm the CEO, she's the CFO. And when we set up Good Life, uh, we had, we weren't so much interested in just doing like me too products. Uh, that's just part of my nature to think outside the box. And what, I, what we kind of ended up looking at was building it around a model of uh, incubating out other people's good ideas. Uh, and not just assuming that I was the only one with a good idea who could make a product, but rather to help other people or facilitate other people in building their products, uh, you know, whether those are, you know, vapes or topicals or whatever Uh, but basically uh, everything was built from with that with with that in mind so that we could uh, we could accommodate different groups and and launch different kinds of products
2: got it okay so so there's an advising aspect for folks who come to you and say I have this good idea but I don't know how to bring it into reality is that right uh, yeah,
3: there, there's actually three, well, two aspects that I currently do and a third aspect that I'm in process of adding in. But uh, yeah, what we do by having a licensed facility that allows us to save um, one of these product developers or mad scientist types is often what they are. Uh, it allows them to save between nine months and a year and about a half million dollars on, you know, doing it all themselves. So there's that facilities and license aspect. Then there is definitely the uh, consulting role. I play the advisory role because I've worked with a lot of companies. I've seen you know, and I've observed a lot of companies, so I've seen mistakes and uh, I've seen what people have done right, and what, what, the, what they've done wrong. And so that's sort of the, the second uh, leg of the stool. And then the third leg is something that I'm just beginning now, which is actually to raise a small uh, seed stage venture capital fund to further facilitate those companies that we're working with.
2: Got it. Okay, yeah, I, I like the mad scientist comment, <laughs> and oh, yeah. we definitely have our share of wonderful mad scientists in the cannabis industry. No more doubt. than our
3: fair share, definitely. <laughs> we're we're highly overrepresented there. I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, we really do have brilliant people that become attracted to the cannabis industry from all career industries, from all walks of life. And even someone like yourself who's been in other industries, you you also bring so much to the table uh, and, and here you are helping the mad scientists, <laughs> the entrepreneurs, <clears throat> the people with great ideas really bring it to reality and do it right and there's a lot of compliance for every aspect of what you're doing and it it, do you find that your clients are like overwhelmed with the amount of compliance and and legalese that you have to wade through or do you prep them and get them get them get their expectations ready for for climbing up a mountain (laughs)
3: Uh, well, you know, it, you're, you're right. Everybody is overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed when I first got in. Uh, it's it's just one of those things that, hey, starting any business, I don't care if it's a yogurt, frozen yogurt stand, every business has, its, it has challenges. Uh, that's why there's so few entrepreneurs out there. But then you add that whole regulatory burden on top of that, which, you know, these are micro level companies, yet they have a regulatory burden that, Some people like to joke, you don't see until you get to the level of handling like radioactive waste. So you know we we have this extraordinary regulatory burden, uh, and then add on top of that that we also have sort of that always that shifting legal uncertainty you know underneath our feet that we also have to to accommodate. And so those are two extra challenges that you don't get when you're opening your your yogurt stand. Uh, and that's true. <laughs> every everybody everybody I've worked with has underestimated just how relevant uh, you know the regulations are, just how pervasive they are even when it's designing a product and you don't start with the product in this industry, you start with the packaging. What's the packaging gonna look like? Can you make it work for costs? Uh, you know, is it gonna be regulatorily compliant? Is it gonna be commercially reasonable? And it's one of those things everybody says, oh, well, I've got the, you know, the next great marijuana product. And, but if there's no way to, to package that uh, uh, economically and uh, compliantly, well, you're not gonna get that product onto the market.
2: That's so true. I mean, I'm sure there's a few people that start the process with you and then throw their hands up in the air and say, "Never mind, I'm gonna go open a yogurt stand." <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely, uh, I've definitely worked with some people, and you know, uh, no harm,
3: no foul. But you start with them, and then all of a sudden they discover that they have a maybe within the industry they can still stay within the industry, and but maybe it's uh, that they're gonna go. Do a cultivation operation in Colombia. I had one guy who had a great, interesting skincare line, but uh, when he saw the, a much easier, more profitable opportunity to join a cultivation group in Colombia, hey, I was like, go for it. That's uh, that is a smart move. And it and that's the great sense. thing about this industry is there's so much white space mm-hmm. that uh, yes, it will be losers, but not because they lost at the hands of a competitor so much sure. as much as. They just maybe didn't seize the right opportunity, but there'll be yeah, you know, there are, and they will be, single in the next few years, a lot more people who have uh, uh, you know really capitalized on the opportunities that are available. It's not a zero sum game. That definitely not in this industry.
2: True. Well said. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we'll be right back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis
1: Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. company on the OTC symbol MCIG
0: at alternative vibes our core values of quality loyalty respect and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services whether you are looking for a more natural way of living shopping for essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals. We are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at alternativevibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. alternativevibes.com. in as little as four weeks, bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apekssupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection. Converging the biggest names in entertainment, business, technology, and medicine and connecting them into our growing cannabis community. Ignited by MSIG. Every Thursday. On demand. Only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com.
2: All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. If you're just tuning in, I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with the National Cannabis Industry Association. And my guest today is Colorado-based Patrick O'Malley of Good Life LLC, an accelerator for marijuana brands with a fully equipped facility. All right, Patrick, welcome back to the show. Yeah. Um, more specifically... Your company defines itself as an incubator, and I know we've brushed on this already in the beginning, mm-hmm. but let's really talk about what that means, both in general, in the non-cannabis sense, but also for the cannabis industry, the value of an incubator in the world. Sure. <clears throat> well, uh, there's a couple of terms that get
3: uh, kicked around and, and- And quite frankly, I do kind of use them both interchangeably. One's an incubator, one's an accelerator. Uh, Not clear definitions, not super clear definitions, but generally speaking, historically, incubators have been closer to like the universities and research institutions, and they will literally incubate an idea, you know, and get it to the point where maybe it's a good workable idea. And then you have a, a separate thing, which is a lot of overlap, but a separate thing, which is called an accelerator. Mm -hmm. which is a lot of your listeners will be familiar with uh, Canopy Boulder. Uh, They're an accelerator who works with companies in the ancillary, uh, not the plant touching side of the industry, but an accelerator Uh, folks over there at Canopy Boulder. They'll bring in a, a cohort of maybe eight, nine, 10 different startups every six months, and they will accelerate their process from whiteboard to, Getting investment—that's typically, you know, how they, the the an accelerator operates. Um, and so, us as an incubator, we're not we're we're not bringing in like a big cohort or a big class, and we don't graduate them. Um, you know, making products is a much more. Uh, it takes its own time, sort of thing, and it's a much longer process. So uh, we might only just add one company a year, two companies a year, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. So it, it's slightly different, but a lot of people use terms interchangeably. And for our purposes, uh, we're, we're we're very much like one-off, uh, as opposed to working with a large group and in, in a semi-academic setting. Um, so that's uh, that. That is basically the 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 big overview of an incubator and accelerator, uh, specifically in the cannabis industry. Me as an incubator, uh, who touches, who works with plant-touching companies. Uh, somebody comes to me with an idea for, say, a well, a skincare line or a vape pen line or a combustible flower product line, and uh, you know, we, we kind of work through it. And it's a very organic sort of back and forth process, uh, working with that founder or or fa- our co-founders. Uh, to try to help them tease out, okay, well, you know, what is you know, what is it that we can do? What is your market? Uh, is there a market for this? Can you do it at you know at an affordable price that's going to make sense? And that's like that packaging discussion. That's a very mm-hmm. early discussion that I'll have with them. Um, and you know, basically, it's uh, it's a lot of me just taking my own experiences, products I've developed, my experience with products that I've helped others develop, and benefiting the person in front of me today with that uh, with that experience
2: cool. Yeah, that's helpful. Thank you. Um, are there certain kinds of candidates that come to you seeking services? I mean, is it is it always an individual? Is it a startup? Are there certain kinds of people that tend to want what you're offering? Well, there's two general groups,
3: uh, and the difference between them is uh, whether the group is advanced enough to have uh, investor funding or whether they're not advanced to have investor funding. And so, although I incubate groups, uh, I can either incubate them on a cash-for-consulting basis, uh, like, i.e., they've already got plenty of investor money, they have a pretty good idea of what they're doing, but they don't have a great idea of what they're doing yet, so I'll incubate them out. Um, But then, say, a group comes to me, and I do very much, like, whatever their prototype or even just their concept, I think maybe it has something to it, And but they don't have any money, then that's when I put on my sweat equity venture capitalist hat and say, okay, well, I will take equity in your company since you don't have the cash, because I think your idea is good enough that that equity might eventually be worth something someday.
2: Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. Okay, cool. So, let's say I think I have a really great idea, and I'm going to come to you. What would our first meeting look like, and how would you determine if we're a good fit?
3: Well, uh, basically, yeah, that's that's my goal in, in those first several meetings, half dozen meetings at least, is how good of a fit are we, because... If you're successful, then we're going to be working together for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't like you in the first several meetings, that's probably not going to change. <laughs> uh, but um, it, beyond just sort of personal dynamics, uh, the big things that I'm I'm looking for uh, is you know do I think this person has the the motivation, the drive, the skills, the the hard skills if it's a technical product, or the soft skills if there's CEO type? Do they have all those skills, or do they have enough of those skills? Um, and how might I be able to help them? You know where they're maybe a little weak, and uh, so. The first series of meetings, and it is a series, um, is, is definitely about uh, sussing all that out. It's it's kind of like hiring somebody, except it's more like hiring a, a partner, uh, especially on the equity ones. If it's cash for consulting, well, it's a little bit more straightforward. You pay me, I help you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, but those, that's the general process.
2: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense for sure. Um, other, other than what we've already described, are there other services or offerings that your company has for the cannabis industry? Well, we, we definitely stick just with uh, T plant-touching products
3: and specifically THC products. So, um, you know, as far as that goes, we do develop, uh, you know, from time to time, we do develop Actual SKUs or products in house, like ones that I will even develop. So you know, it's not solely just me facilitating others. And, you know, I'm also, I'm also in the trenches right there with the companies. You know, selling selling my products or trying to develop
2: my products. Mm, in the trenches, so true. <laughs> um, so when you look at the future um, of your company, are, or do you have any big goals that are that are coming up for you? Oh, well, big goals.
3: Uh, we've got a fair few number of companies, probably five companies or five products um, that we've got at various stages of our pipeline. So you know, maybe we'll add one or two more. Um, but I, you know, I think like a venture capital fund where they spend their first couple of years uh, identifying their prospects and, and making their initial investments, and then their subsequent years, uh, helping, those, uh, helping those companies develop. Uh, what I'll be doing you know, for the next couple of years is maybe adding a few more companies, not much, uh, but really helping the ones that I do have, uh, helping them achieve the success that, well, you know, that, I'm, that I'm really uh, looking for them to achieve.
2: That's great. That's awesome. So, you're in a position to see various kinds of companies, projects in in the position that you're in. So, are you seeing any trends in new companies, new ideas, new projects versus old older companies like say from the medical era mm-hmm. that are that are trending now to meet needs of consumers or or any other trends? Oh, gosh. I mean, there are so many trends
3: and I'm just the medical versus adult use is a massive trend right there. <clears throat> if you're a company that started in 2009, you were you were probably a medical user yourself. And this is yep. a product that you developed on your, you know, on your kitchen counter. And then you decided to go out <laughs> and sell it to dispensaries. I mean, how many yep. guys do I know who did exactly that? Um, yep. And so the folks who, you know, the old old, old school or old guard, if you will, are all very medical oriented and uh, they you know, have very medically oriented products, which can manifest itself as high THC products or, you know, maybe uh, palliative products, uh, CBD focused products. Uh, The newer companies that I'm seeing coming in, uh, especially in the last year or two, uh, well, first of all, they're bigger. They are better funded, which is not to say that they're massively funded, but they're certainly not. uh, You know, I made it on my kitchen stove and brought it to the dispensary sort of company. Right. and uh, those newer companies tend to in, almost invariably, not always, but almost invariably, they tend to focus on the adult use side of the market because that's where those CEOs and those product developers are coming from. You know, they weren't the hardcore medical users, but they were, you know, on the, on the usage spectrum, they were maybe still in the wellness spectrum, but certainly not know treating a a chronic illness so yeah medical versus rec you see very very different kinds of companies servicing them uh, even today Uh, so that's that's one massive trend right there there's lots of other trends though I mean we're moving from an era where it cost eight hundred dollars a pound to grow marijuana indoors to uh, well on our way to uh, the era where we're growing uh, outdoors for eighty dollars a pound, and who knows? In a few years, uh, post legalization, uh, we'll probably be seeing two dollars a pound production in Colombia. So those are wow. That's uh, several orders of magnitude, and so that that has a massive effect all the way downstream on the market. Uh, yeah. Just a few years, THC will go from being this and you know, this crazy expensive uh, molecule to basically being not much more expensive than acetaminophen.
2: Yeah. All right. We got to take a quick break. We'll be right back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice.
1: NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors.
0: Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code Hemp420 for a twenty percent discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested.
1: Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's cannabis industry voice only on CannabisRadio.com.
2: All right, we're back, and we're wrapping up our conversation today with Patrick O'Malley of Good Life, LLC, based here in Colorado. And we've been talking all kinds of great things about incubation and accelerators for the cannabis industry to continue to grow our amazing industry with fantastic companies. So, first of all, we only have a few minutes here left on this last segment, but let's let's talk about your membership with NCIA. You first joined NCIA, gosh, almost four years ago in early 2015. So, you've been a member for a long time. What made you get involved with the National Trade Association back then?
3: Uh, well, yeah, uh, I, I joined even before I had a license or a facility. Uh, I joined NCIA a uh, couple of reasons. Uh, my, my sort of immediate reason was educational uh, in that I had a lot to learn. And that was a, a fast way to learn it uh, there was also just the uh, you know knowing that some of the money that I was putting into NCAA was going towards lobbying which is critically important in our modern democracy so uh, that that obviously uh, played a, a big factor and then kind of the third thing was uh, the the ability network uh, the 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 NCIA members' meetings, the quarterly meetings that we have, uh, all those great networking opportunities. So uh, definitely uh, a few different business goals there, uh, whether it's political networking or just getting up to speed.
2: Excellent. Well, thank you for your membership. Obviously, we've, we've all seen so much happen in just a short time and i I began working here in early 2014 like right out of the gate of adult use and it's been incredible to to watch um so so you mentioned a lot of our educational and networking events and you've been to our conferences. We're about to have our fifth annual, wow, five years, um, Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. And that's happening in San Jose, California, this July. And the website for more information about that is www.cannabisbusinesssummit.com for those interested. Um, what what do you enjoy about our conferences and If you've attended some of the other conferences, because there's one every day, it seems like, (laughs) um, (laughs) what is it that's a little bit different about ours? Uh, Well,
3: uh, the uh the educational component is is, is quite good um, at the NCIA events. Um, I mean, everybody tries to have educational tracks, and, and the quality is you know sometimes good, sometimes not good. But uh, the NCIA uh, has you know good uh, good presentations. You know, fantastic for getting up to speed. Um, and then, you know, all, all the benefits of just walking the floor at a trade show and seeing, oh, yeah, this looks like a good solution to that problem I'm having back at the shop. Or, you know, this is a, a good packaging solution that I, I, you know, it's right here, right in front of my face. So, you know, even in this inner, you know, connected internet world, uh, you know, there's still a role for old fashioned walking the floor and, you know, talking to vendors and finding out what people are thinking and, and uh, you know, going to, going to the educational panels and, and the uh, presentations and the educational track. So uh, you, know, it, you can learn a lot online, but sometimes you got to go there and kind of meet people in the flesh.
2: Yeah, it really is good to get FaceTime with with some of these pioneers and movers and shakers and and experts as well um, in addition to, you know, reading their articles or or listening to maybe they maybe they were on my podcast before, but yeah, really getting to talk to somebody for even a couple of minutes could mm-hmm. could could send your business in in, in, totally in a whole new direction. Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And we have, our, our membership has grown so much. We have over 1,500 businesses who are a member of NCIA, so that's a whole lot of intellectual power there. Um, our, our our speaker panels, at this point, we, we get so many proposals from our membership that we have committees that are slated to review all those and grade those, and and it's, it's quite a process, and as our conferences continue to get bigger every year, and switching in new talent with some of the tried and true old experts is, is definitely a goal of ours, and wow, just tr- trying to get everybody's insight and, and expertise in one place is quite a challenge, but yeah. we do our best for sure. I'm really looking forward to this year's summit as well. I think it, uh, we just continue to get better every year as as more, as the industry itself becomes sophisticated. I'm sure you've seen that yourself.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody's joke. It used to be, you know, a cookie in a plastic bag, you know, with a Ziploc and you know, just like the products, you know, I stepped up the game, you know, so is the NCIA and, and uh, you know, just all the industry groups, you know, becoming more and more refined and sophisticated. So that's a good thing usually.
2: Now we just got to bring Attorney General Jeff Sessions up to speed somehow, and maybe we can impress him with our fancy packaging. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people say Jeff Sessions is, you know, the... Uh, Inadvertently, could be the best thing that ever happened for the legalization movement. So, you know, he, he's kind of forcing the issue and forcing, you know, Senator Gardner's hand uh, because he's put him in a bad spot. So yeah. that was the 51st Republican vote. Oops. So, you know, it could be that uh, you know, I think a lot of us predicted it was going to be the second term Hillary Clinton legalization. Now, a lot of us are thinking it's going to be the, you know. The fourth year or the end of term, Donald Trump, who pushes legalization and in, in order to try to share off some votes. So, you know, how many industries do you have to think about, you know, who's running the, you know, who's, who's the attorney general, for heaven's sakes, you know, but uh, in this industry, that's just, you know, one of our little complex uh, wrinkles that we have to deal with.
2: So true, and thank you for being a part of NCIA, which is working on this year-round in Washington, D.C., on behalf of the whole industry. Uh, and thank you for being a member, and sure. we have run out of time, but thank you so much for joining me today, Patrick. Oh, I enjoyed and it. Wonderful. And thanks to everyone for listening to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time.
0: The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. What's with Mountain Dew?
2: The magic of the toy book is here at Meyer. Buy two, get one free when you mix or match board games like Monopoly, Uno, or Clue Giant Edition. And as always, grab grocery staples at great prices, like Coca-Cola or Pepsi 2-liter bottles. Buy two, get one free, plus deposit where applicable. And Jack's Frozen Pizza, four for $10. Plus, save $15 on your first Meyer home delivery or pickup order of $75 or more with code FIRST15. Great prices are endless at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app.